All right. Here we go on a mid-February Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio, every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, Las Vegas flagship station of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio and ESPN Radio Las Vegas. The WE also includes social media director Spencer The WE! Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the wind. Nobody beats the wind. And producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being part of several shows here at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and Twitch. The page is called Out of Line. That's O U T T A L I N E. Follow the go on. Uh, follow the show on Instagram and X at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio, is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. To get information or to get your questions answered regarding anything mortgage or real estate related, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank today. We got Vegas Golden Knights, lost two in a row, and uh, UNLV basketball. Yeah, we, we just kind of got timid, and uh, you know, we had fouled just, just fouled too much. You know, we just... Uh, what had gotten us there, I think we just uh, we just need to keep that aggressiveness and that uh, that same level of intensity. And um, but again, when you when you foul on multiple possessions and you foul multiple times in one possession, you know sometimes that can happen. And uh, yeah, we just got a little timid and uh, just gave up uh, just too many easy buckets there. Our guys came out, played their hearts out like they've done all year, kept us in the game, and then the offense just kind of persevered through it. Uh, Tough in the first half, tough sledding, and they did a little better. We did a little better in the, the second half. Um, and then, obviously, the last drive was a thing of beauty. And, uh, and all of this, uh, congratulations to the 49ers for being here. Kyle is a great head football coach. The 49ers are lucky to have him. And um, what a game, right? What a game. It, it could have gone either way, and it was just one of those one of those games. I'm so fortunate to have been on the, the positive side. Coach Andy Reid after the Super Bowl last Sunday here in Las Vegas, and of course before that, Kevin Kruger. Um, a little bit like a deer in headlights after a game that uh, I think everyone watching that game had assumed that they were going to win and get their sixth straight win, and also that six straight wins in the conference would have been huge for Kevin, would have been huge for the program. We'll talk about that in a little while when Chris Wynn joins the show. And uh, we will talk a lot about the Super Bowl today. That'll be the second half of the show. We'll get into that pretty substantially. we got a pretty cool fact this coming up as we have Battle of the Sexes in this week's Fact This. And our winner, our winner of the pick segment, uh, all that's coming your way on... um, Today on the show, and that is What's on Tap. Once again, What's on Tap is brought to you by uh, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. And if you are looking to buy a home, refinance the home you currently own, or have any mortgage or real estate-related questions, again, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank 
today. And let's get right into Nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here. VGK looked good out of the gates after the All-Star break. It looked like maybe we were going to see a similar to the start of this season where they were absolutely on fire, threatening to break opening season records, and then kind of went into their lull. Uh, The ebb and flow of the season did what it does. They've had some injuries, Jack Eichel being one of the major ones. Uh, Mark Stone now the point leader for the Vegas Golden Knights, the captain, and he's remained relatively healthy so far this year, which has been a good thing. They've played revolving goaltenders a little bit uh, this year, Um, and, uh, you know, now you've lost two games in a row. Um, Both seeming like games that they were going to win had a lead in last night's game, uh, 1-0 coming out of the first period, but ended up blowing that one, and really uh, by bad goals. I mean, the the, the 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 second the first goal that um, they scored, or the second goal they scored, was absolutely a garbage goal, and and should have never been let in by Aiden Hill. And even the last goal, it was a tough one. Um, Bruce Cassidy didn't want to challenge it. It looked like it might have been a high stick that it went in with. But either way, uh, Chris, the the Vegas Golden Knights lose. 3-1 to one yesterday against uh, Carolina, a team that is very similar to them. Their, their records are almost identical, but a game they should win on home ice. And I'm not sure, again, if it's anything to be concerned, if it's all the injuries that is the problem, but this team doesn't seem to be able to catch fire like they have earlier in the season. I'm not overly worried about it. I think that they'll be able to ramp up for the playoffs. They know how to do that. But yet, they're having some disturbing losses, and last night was one of those. Well, I don't know if I put last night as a disturbing loss. I would say that the loss to the Wild was a little more bothersome than the loss to the Hurricanes. Look, the Carolina Hurricanes are probably a goalie away from being a team that could go out and win the Stanley Cup. So losing to them, there's no shame in that. It's how you lost um, that game. Look, the Carolina Hurricanes, they they would probably be in contention for the President's Trophy had their season started better. Um, they they had a slow start out of the gate, and Rod Brendamore is ready the ship, and they are they're 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 a contender in the East. They they could come out of the East, and they could be a team that plays for a Stanley Cup. Um, but that being said, I thought there were some some real big mistakes, and the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that will punish you if you make mistakes. Look, you come out one one to start the third period, and you're on the power play, and you can't handle the puck at the blue line. And all of a sudden, it's basically a three-on-one going the other direction. I thought Aiden Hill probably should have saved that. It, he he got he got enough on it, and it kind of like trickled through his legs. Um, so it wasn't the best goal that the Carolina Hurricanes would score or, or will score this season. But it's you know who cares, right? It counts. Um, the the third goal they gave up again. Guys just basically gave up the middle of the ice to, to Carolina and. It was it was kind of a weird play because the, the the puck deflected off of Hill went really high. I thought that maybe there was a a, a chance that um, I, can't, I think it was Seth Jarvis who scored that goal for them. I thought there was a chance that maybe he he touched it high. It was really tough to tell. Uh, Bruce Cassidy had said after that they didn't feel that there was enough there to challenge it. Um, I I kind of agree with that. So. Those are the those are the two goals that cost you the game. You the the first goal, Martinez kind of I think he I think he he lost an edge. 
went down and basically Carolina came the other way. But Aiden Hill was beaten with a twenty foot with a with a backhand from twenty feet out. Uh, again, probably not the best goal that that he should be giving up. Look, the guy's played really good, so he's entitled to have an off night. The 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 thing is, I do think injuries are starting. There, there's it's a combination because before the All Star break, this team was playing really well, and they came out of the All Star break and they beat Edmonton. Since then, they haven't really played great. They played a great first period against Arizona, but they've only played four games in two weeks. I think you want to have consistency. You want it. You want to keep it going, right? Like the rest is great for guys to get healthy. But the guys who are playing, I don't think they want these long breaks. And I think it takes you out of your flow. Look, it's certainly not an excuse. Golden Knights are, are are not a team that should be hampered by that. But the teams that they're playing, like the Wild, were, were, they're red hot. They're playing really good hockey. Carolina Hurricanes, they've won a bunch of games on the road. At, I think out of their last 12 games, I think they've won like nine of them on the road. Like, look, that's pretty damn good. So... These teams are that they're playing are coming in playing good hockey too. And when you're not playing hockey, I think I think that has an effect on your game. Now it starts to ramp up a little bit. They go to San Jose, play the the, the Sharks tomorrow, one o'clock puck drop. And that one, then they're home Tuesday night against the Nashville Predators. I think I think these are two games against two teams you get the ship righted against and and you know, I think we'll see Logan Thompson tomorrow. tomorrow yep, that's what I was It makes ask. sense. And then you play Aiden Hill against the Predators on Tuesday night. And then you play the Maple Leafs Thursday. And then you go on the road. Yeah. Your final long East Coast road trip of the season. So I think for the Golden Knights, we're going to find out who they are. I do think Shea Theodore will, will return at some point this week. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not Tuesday, but hopefully either against the, the, the Maple Leafs or against Ottawa on Saturday night. My guess is he goes on the road trip. Um, we still don't know when Jack Eichel's coming back. We still don't know when William Carrier is coming back. Last night was a case of the Golden Knights got a lot out of the the line that's been given them the offense since Jack Eichel's gone down, and that's Barbashev, Wah, and Marcia. So they didn't get a whole lot from anyone else offensively. They were they were stuck in the mud after that first period. Um, Carolina clamps down. They don't give you anything, and you know I'm going to use a soccer analogy here, but they play a bit of a high press. Like you have that when you have the puck in your defensive zone and you're trying to break out, they put a ton of pressure on you and they force you into mistakes and they punish you for them. I like I like them. They're a good team. Um, I feel like they're a team that kind of slides under the matter of fact, matter of fact, fact midway through the second half, half they were up by eleven. Chris, I just. I just- Game. It doesn't, it doesn't come, down come down to execution and miss free throws, although a lot of people will point to that. It comes down to coaching. Great to join you, Brian. Of course, Wiz and Mags, of course, uh, after what can only be described, right, as a difficult night for Vegas sports fans with uh, the UNLV Runner Rebels and, of course, uh, VGK going down. But uh, you're, you're 100% correct. Look, there was all kinds of positivity, right, guys, going into this matchup against uh, your in-state rival, uh, an opportunity for a late tip-off on a Saturday night and a chance to continue a winning streak, right, and to continue your winning ways and uh, get storming down the stretch here, basically, to the Mountain West Tournament and, of course, March Madness. Well, uh, that wasn't the case, and this was a situation where UNLV, quite frankly, played not to lose the basketball game in the second half. You, myself, uh, Br- Brian, uh, talked about this uh, after the game, how uh, it was almost like, you know, uh, you know, 
with five minutes left in the basketball game, you're already starting to use the shot clock, right? Really? Like you're not, you're not in a position right now in the basketball game to be, to, to kind of take that approach. And uh, to me, quite frankly, look, you can, you can highlight the individual performances or lack of performance for both teams here, but this was really about coaching. I'm sorry, but it flat out was about a coach and Steve offered who is, uh, who is outstanding when it comes to in-game adjustments and uh, his track record speaks for itself when it comes to in-game situations like this. And Kevin Kruger was just overmatched. That's, to me, that really was the essence of what took place here. Uh, I tried to ask Kevin, uh, you know, in a very diplomatic way after the game, how does this affect them, right? How does this impact them moving forward when you have a winning streak like they've had, right? And then all of a sudden you, you take a loss on the chin like this uh, particularly to, you know, your your rival, right, uh, in, in your home arena in front of the biggest crowd that was there at uh, the Thomas and Mack all season long. And uh, he really was kind of dumbfounded about that question. And, and, and I, I mean, I guess I kind of understand. It, he seems like a coach that that is kind of searching for something. And this team seems like a team that, uh, while they are talented as all get out, make no mistake about it, from the point guard position to the Boone brothers, you know, to, you know, to, to Whaley down low as well too. And some other pieces around them, they are talented, but I just don't know, uh, you know, where they fit in, in the Mountain West conference with respect to postseason play and whether or not they're going to be able to get the job done as the calendar turns to March. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, I, I really thought yesterday's game was a benchmark game. If they win that game, it's six in a row, six in conference games. Now you've beat Reno in that stretch. You beat New Mexico on the road. You start to look like a team that, hey, they could finish maybe as high as a three seed or a four seed, not have to play in a playing game and have a legitimate opportunity to make some noise in this tournament. I think that the the Mountain West Conference, I think it's wide open. I still think San Diego State is the cream of the crop. I mean, what they did last year was unprecedented, making a run all the way to the championship game in the NCAAs. I think that Utah State is a team that also is a shoe-in to make the NCAA tournament. But I thought other teams that had a shot in the Mountain West, we were hearing at the beginning of the season gaudy numbers, like up to six teams, which I thought was ridiculous when I heard it. But, you know, they're saying Reno, New Mexico, Colorado State, all these teams are tournament-worthy. I haven't necessarily seen that. I definitely see talent on all of those teams, but I only see two teams right now, San Diego State and Utah State, that to me are NCAA tournament-laden teams. And UNLV, as, as you talked about, Chris, you know, with Kevin Kruger down the stretch, he didn't have answers as to why they fell apart in the last two to three yeah. minutes of the game. He was a deer in headlights. And, you know, I'm not going to put this on the shoulders of Adidan Thomas, who should be a senior in high school right now. This kid is loaded yeah. with talent. We see him get better every game that's not merely something they're saying in the press conferences this kid does get better every game and at 18 years old the upside is tremendous I think this kid will get a look we'll see him in summer league ball in time and maybe a chance to make an NBA roster I think the Boone brothers are going to be playing in Europe I think Luis Rodriguez yeah. has an opportunity to play in Europe I even think Cottrell's got an opportunity to play in Europe this team has enough talent to compete for the Mountain West I don't think they could win the crown 
But I think that this team, to me, their ceiling is the semifinals of the Mountain West Conference. They'll be playing, of course, with Thomas and Mack. And I think with the talent-wise and the Boone brothers playing their best basketball, this team could get to the semifinals of the Mountain West Conference, could get to the NIT, and could even win a game in the NIT. I think all that is still possible. But, Chris, back to Kevin Kruger. To me, that is the very floor of what needs to happen for him to retain employment as the head coach at UNLV. I think I, I just think that, that Harper will boot him if he doesn't at least get to the NIT and win a game this year. It's been 11 seasons now since this team has played in a postseason tournament. Granted, I think it was under Marvin Menzies they did get one CBA invite that they turned down, or CBI invite that they turned down. But but yeah. other than that, this team that won 20-game season and a lot of the, that, that one 20-game season that they've had since 2013, the last time they made the NCAA tournament, that w- was laden with teams that we've never heard of. So you can't even give them credit for those to- those full 20 games. Chris, is Kevin Kruger going to be the coach of UNLV? I'll make it simple next season, in your opinion. Yeah, a couple comments quickly, though, and, I, and I'll, I'll address that directly. Look, uh, there's no question that uh, they have to turn the page after this loss, right, Brian? And now you go to Air Force, right? Not a, not an easy place to play. I'm sorry. I know Air Force is one of the bottom feeders in the Mountain West this year, but uh, I'm not going to sit back after seeing that debacle that went down at the top of some back when the Falcons were in town and act like you know UNLV is going to go there and automatically is going to get a win. So you have to be a team that turns the page if UNLV when it comes to the matchup against Air Force. When it comes to the postseason, look, here's the deal, all right? Uh, and you talked about kind of the positivity that's been heaped on the Mountain West. A lot of that's piggybacking, obviously, off the Aztecs making a cha- an appearance in the NCAA title game. And so, that you know, that that's kind of a feel-good thing for the conference. And there was expectations with, with probably five or six teams in this conference that they could, uh, as far as their ceiling is concerned. With respect to Kevin Kruger, look, I've, I've been maintaining all along. I thought uh, he absolutely should have gone to a mid-major uh, as his first job. And uh, I'm not considering UNLV a mid-major, even though I guess we kind of can. Uh, given their track records for the last decade plus. But I think this job was uh, as a little bit above his pay grade as far as his first head coaching job. And that combined with what has transpired over the over his tenure here, along with Eric Harper. Look, he was not Eric Harper's choice, okay? Eric Harper did not hire Kevin Kruger. I don't expect that they have some type of, you know, uh, adversarial or difficult relationship but I do think that Eric Harper is probably somebody who might want to take a look at bringing somebody else in that is his guy. And if UNLV, again, and this is something that Brian Feldman, you said, and some other media members have said as well, too, if they are not in a postseason tournament, if they are not playing in the NIT or find, or find some, way in way, some way, shape, or form to make the big dance in the NCAA tournament and are able to win a game in the NIT – I just don't see any scenario in which Kevin Kruger is the head coach of this team moving into 2024-25. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. And, you know, an Air Force Air Force has one Mountain West Conference win in the entire yeah. season, and that was a blowout win at the Thomas and Mack over UNLV. So, again, yes, going to Air Force Wednesday is no guaranteed victory, and they turn around and Colorado State comes, and Colorado State needs to start compiling some wins if they want to get opportunities to play in postseason tournaments. And this is a team that has been ranked a couple of times through the season. So there is no easy thing. 
things. I think at the end of this week, if UNLV picks up two more wins, it's going to bode well. But I think they need to get themselves out of the playing game. They need to finish with a fourth or fifth seed and win that first game. And uh, yeah. and and maybe win two games in the Mountain West Conference Tournament to move on. I think it is a tough road to haul for Kevin Kruger. I agree with you, Chris. I think this job was a little bit bigger than maybe he should have started with. I do not blame him in the least. I don't think anyone does for taking the job. You're never going to look opportunity in the mouth, you know, right. you know, not take an opportunity. But in the same respect, um, we're seeing that. And the post-game press conferences to me are glaring because he doesn't have answers. And you've got yeah. to be able to come up with answers for the press that are decent instead of just kind of mumbling and, uh, you know, yeah, well, we, we know we need to get better. I don't know what we played 27, you know, 30, 37 minutes of good. I, I, and the mumbling bothers Just me. the defeated attitude, right? Yes. It, it just, it's a yeah. look. It's a look that, you know, really is, for lack of a better term, a deer in headlights. And that's what he yeah. looks like after losses like last night. He's real positive and upbeat after wins, but after losses, he seems perplexed. And that is bothersome when you're watching it because you're looking, okay, what are you going to do next? Well, we're going to go to Air Force and we'll pick it up on Monday. That's not enough. It's got to be more than that. What do you mean you're going to go to Air Force and play better? How? What are you going to do? What are you going to say to these guys? How are you going to prevent collapses at the end of games? Why are you utilizing shot clocks with, with, with you know, working the shot clock with five minutes to go in the game, and yet at the beginning of the game you're chucking up threes with, with 20 seconds to go on the shot clock completely unnecessarily? They got away with that and still were in a position to win most of this game. But those kind of things have to change. Deedon Thomas has proven to us that he has the ability to penetrate against most teams. He's good enough to do this, and he gets better every game. They have got to use more dribble penetration. And especially the same thing is with with Kalen Boone. Yes, he can hit the three, but last night he was awful for three-point land. He's a really good on-ball defender. They need to utilize this guy better, and he is without question the vocal leader of the UNLV running Rebels. And I think they need to get him more involved at times. And again, at the end of the game, you know, Chris, we were talking during the game, and sometimes the lineup, especially with like four and five minutes to go, I'm like, you've got to have your starters. It's college. The five starters got to be able to go the last five minutes of the game. I don't care if one of them has three fouls or not. Get them all on the floor. And he just didn't do that. And 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 again, I'm not the coach of UNLV, nor would I ever be. I want to see Kevin succeed as a personal and from a personal standpoint because he is a really good guy. You always want to see good people that are accommodating succeed in this profession. But right now, I'm not seeing Kevin being the guy to take this team to the next level that I think they have the ability to get to. And I think Eric Harper sees that, and I think with the hires we've seen and the coaches in place now with Barry Odom, Lindy LaRock, they've got coaches in place in a bunch of sports that are doing well and succeeding. And Eric Harper, even last night at the game when he spoke, he is looking to make this a different culture. He wants it to be a sports culture and especially the way Las Vegas is becoming a sports mecca with now three major professional sports franchises. Here I'll throw the aces in there as well. There is a lot of attention on Las Vegas and I think uh, Eric Harper selfishly and for good reason wants there to be more attention on UNLV still wants there to be a culture established like there was back in the early 90s with this basketball team and what Tarkanian did, Chris. And I think that uh, I just don't see at this point Kevin Kruger being that guy. And a quick note, though, on the end of that game, because I'm not so fast to give a pass to, to both Thomas and uh, and Boone for missing free throws, no. right? You, gotta, you have to. I'm, t- I'm sorry, but if we're going to talk about DJ like he's an NBA talent, 
you got to knock down one of those free throws. You're talking about Boone, like he can play over in Europe and play professionally. you got to make one of those free throws. You, one, of, one of those four free throws, that game has a high possibility of going overtime, and then anything can happen, right? So I'm not so quick to, uh, you know, just give those guys, uh, you know, excuses for, for uh, the end of that game there and how it all played out at the end. But uh, no question about it, uh, there, there's, still, there's still a lot to prove for this runner rebel basketball team, right, Brian? When you take a look at uh, what's about to happen here in the in, in the coming few weeks as it leads up to the Mountain West tournament, no, no, Chris, I you know that things things have got to change and they've got to change in a hurry. And I'm not giving those guys a pass either. But what I will say yeah. about Thomas is, in three years from now, Thomas won't just make one of those; he'll make them both. I think again, mm-hmm. that was an 18 year old that got a little bit nervous, cross town rival, crunch time, the balls in his hands. I think he will learn from that. I don't, but you know, yes, you still have to make free throws but again we have to look at him as a kid that should still be playing in high school listen guys uh we're gonna move on and uh i've been looking forward to this segment a little bit go ahead spencer if you don't like the facts take your ass back to bed fact this Fact This is brought to you by Lifelike Hair Center of Las Vegas. If you are experiencing hair loss or thinning hair and want to learn about the best non-surgical options available, call 702-737-5759 or go to lifelikehair.com and schedule your free consultation today. Just understanding that we can do it and, and we deserve to, to have that opportunity to showcase our talents and, um, you know, not I didn't back down from the challenge and obviously going up against the best shooter this game has ever seen and wanting to continue to just evolve and, and shooting from the NBA, la, uh, NBA line for me is what I wanted to do to show all those young kids to not be scared of going out there and um, doing something that's never been. Uh, yeah, it is a fact. Last night at the All-Star Skills Competition, Steph Curry beat Sabrina Inescu in what is called the three-point showdown. 29-26 was the final score. This is not a fair competition and like a circus sideshow to me. Yes, Sabrina Inescu shot from the NBA three-point line, which she pointed out, which is 12 to 18 inches further than the NBA three-point line. I'll give her that, a foot further. However, she was still using the woman's regulation basketball, which is one inch smaller and two ounces lighter than the ball Steph Curry was shooting with. Is this apples to apples, Chris Wynn? It's definitely not apples to apples, but look, Sabrina Nesca is a great shooter. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to compare her to Steph Curry, who's arguably the greatest shooter who's ever lived. Right. And he's the guy's still playing, but uh, there's no question. Look, we, we understand what this is. You use the correct phrasing uh, the last uh, 30 seconds plus or so when talking about this as kind of like a, it, it's a show. That's what it is. It's the NBA all-star weekend. Uh, I wouldn't put too much, you know, into it as far as as far as ha- it having any meaning or anything. But uh, it is; it's an opportunity for them to to be able to to uh, to have diversity, right, and inclusion when it comes to you know the the best women's basketball players in the world out there with the greatest in the NBA. Chris, they're giving a championship belt, the the <laughs> Sabrina Steph belt. I mean, it's a yeah. little overblown, and I understand what's going on here. And in no way, even though it sounds like it, am I discounting the WNBA? I'm not. Again, from a revenue standpoint, from when you talk about a major professional sports 
franchise. When I hear that word and I think of major professional sports franchises, Chris, the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and the NFL, those are billions of dollars of revenues generated every year by all four of those sports. The, we're not talking about millions of dollars generated by the WNBA. Now, last year, we have seen certain teams, Vegas Golden, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, the, the Las Vegas Aces, turn a profit. We've seen it. It's happening. The corner is turning, and I am happy for that. But again, Men's and women's games are two completely different animals. I don't want to do a breakdown of comparison. Anatomically, yeah. we are different. Okay, we are an, our anatomies are different. There are certain skill sets that you just don't have in the different sexes. Now, uh, Sabrina Nescu is, is maybe the greatest women perimeter shooter of all time. She is, but. If you're going to really compare apples to apples, there's probably a hundred men that are better shooters. If you talk about the NBA three-point line with an NBA regulation size basketball, weighing what an NBA basketball weighs, period, man, that's apples to apples. And again, if you're going to give away a championship belt, I'll go back to the last battle of the sexes that I can remember, Chris. That was Billy G. King and Bobby Riggs, okay? Yeah. They both used the same regulation rackets. They used the same regulation ball. The only difference was Bobby Riggs was an old man. He was a senior citizen. He was almost eligible to collect to, to Social Security when he played in that match against Billie Jean King, and she was at the tail end of her prime in her career. It was stupid of him to take her on. You're going to lose that. That's like John McEnroe going up against Serena Williams right now. Come on, man. They're both retired, but would that be a fair battle right now? So, again, when you're going to do things like this, to me, it's got to be apples to apples. Yes, I believe in fair play, and I believe everyone should get equal pay for an equal thing. If the WNBA was generating the revenue of the NBA, I'm all for it. Pay them what the NBA players are getting. We're not even talking. They're, they don't even play half the games that they play in the NBA. I'm tired of beating this subject into the glue factory, okay? But the bottom line, <laughs> the bottom line is it's got to be fair, and I don't want to see a championship belt given to Steph Curry or to Sabrina Nescu. I'm glad Curry won it only for the fact that it's fair. But think about it. She's shooting a basketball into the same regulation hoop that Steph Curry's shooting the basketball, and her basketball is an inch smaller. Chris, that's just easier. I'm sorry. It just is. Dude, you're so I think you're getting fired up a little bit, Brian, on this, this right? <laughs> yeah, Tell like, him, hey, Mags, I think, he's, I think he is amped up here's, big time here's on the this. Thing, Look, guys, here's listen. The, here's the wait, deal, right? Chris, let me let me say one thing beforehand. Right. It's all about it's not about the bad. I understand. No, but, but Chris, Chris, it's not really about competition to be honest. Let me say this to both of you. Let me yeah. say this to both of you. Yeah. It was the like the number one story when you watched <laughs> ESPN Sports Center. It's the number one story. It's what they started Sports Center with almost. You're telling me I'm making too much out of it? Isn't well, that making a little what, too much well, no, out of isn't it? Isn't ESPN airing? Wasn't ESPN yeah, that's, airing that's all this stuff? Yeah, it's their product. They're, yeah. of course they're going to promote yeah. it. But they right. have a lot of products. Here, here's a, here's a, here's they also a, had some great college basketball games. Yeah, but this was yesterday. their marquee event yeah. of the weekend. Of course, they're going to yeah. promote it. But like, 
It's not about who Sabrina Anescu and Steph it's, Curry was the marquee event of the well, weekend. No, the the NBA All Star Weekend is their yeah. Marquee but you had event. the slam dunk yeah. contest that came afterwards, <laughs> and so did the no. Three nobody points. even that knows who the hell's in this. Terrible. That was the worst dunk yeah. contest. Jalen Brown should be banned from. <laughs> who the hell's even in the slam dunk game. contest? Oh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Every, everyone, listen. If hey, you're a Mac, sports Mac, fan, that that guy Mac McGlynn jumped over Shaquille O'Neal yesterday. Yeah, listen though, if, and if, he's five, he's six foot two, and nobody knows who he is. Nobody cares. He shows up. <laughs> he, he, he's and Mag, a G League and guy. Riz. Feldman just messed up his name right there. Yeah. Feldman didn't even yeah, say you his can't name even, right. You don't even know yeah. his name. It's, it's Matt McGlung, actually. McGlung. 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 But the thing is, Steph Curry <laughs> and Sabria Ionescu, if you are a basketball fan, you know yeah. who both of them are. You are. And Do you want to see that? Are you really interested in seeing that? I don't care. That? It doesn't bother. I'm not losing yeah. sleep over it. Like, the thing is... It's about promoting the game and growing mm-hmm. the game. You talk about how the WNBA doesn't make money. This is how the WNBA grows and makes money. Yeah. You put your star marquee. Look, at the end of the day, nobody in the WNBA is better than Asia Wilson. But yeah. but Sabrina, Asia Wilson is not a three-point assassin. You have Caitlin Clark at Iowa, who just unfortunately broke. I mean, it's great she broke the record. It's unfortunately it was Kelsey Plum's record that she broke because yeah, we we no, love Kelsey. No doubt. But look, it's it's about growing the game. You want you want the WNBA to make money and be successful. This is how you do it. I, you I, you I, put your star players in marquee events because you know what, Brian? I watch the WNBA. I didn't watch the WNBA before there was the Aces here. You know why? Because I had no interest. This is how you grow the game. I understand. You know how many young girls were watching this with their dad last night saying, you know what, I want to be just like okay. Sabrina Inescu. Right. I want to be just like Caitlin Clark. All right. I, I, I understand, and I smell what you're stepping in. I do. Okay? <laughs> I, I, I really do. But you're so broken up no, about it. because it's the same <laughs> thing. I don't want to. Admit you are listen, I am, it. but it's I, I get this fired up when I talk about the NBA, the NFL the NFL Pro Bowl now. You're do more you fired want, up. No. You, this is like Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down level. No, no, not, not, even, not even close. Oh, there we go. Not even close. <laughs> yeah. No, guys. Look, what, listen. Feldman, here's no, the deal. Let me say this. You're both right, right? You and Mags are both right. You're right, Feldman, that it is apples and oranges. We are talking about the women's game and the men's game. But also, Mags is right when he says, look, it's about promoting the I game. Un- no, period. I understand it that. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we, we understand the WNBA is not on the level of the NBA. Okay? We all know that. We can talk about that until the cows come home. But they're going to be continuously linked because it's the same game. No, I get it, Chris. My yeah. point is so it's why. the entertainment value. It's to me like I will not watch the Pro Bowl anymore. They're playing flag football. It's disgusting to me. Just get yeah. rid of the game. I don't want to see it anymore. I get as fired up about that. You're going to play a flag football game and pay these guys a ton of money, six hundred grand or whatever it is, to go play a flag football game? That's ridiculous to me. And it's as ridiculous as having a three-point shootout that's meaningless against a battle of the sexes in a three-point shootout. You that's just said my it. point. It's meaningless. Yeah, but, but it, the, it means yeah. nothing. At the I end agree. of the day, I don't at want... the end of the day, if Steph Curry loses, nobody's questioning is Steph Curry a Hall of Fame player? Nobody's questioning is he the greatest shooter of all time? Who cares if he loses? Who cares if you she will uses? trust me, you will have kids that'll say Sabrina Ionescu is a better shooter than Steph Curry. That's what will happen. Who cares? Their kids They're, they don't few, know any better. Okay, well the, the, the point is it shouldn't even be said because that's ridiculous. When I was a but, kid, I thought Ken O'Brien was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Who cares what I thought? Well, you know what if you played if he played, played on a different hey, Max, team he Max might have been. and Wiz, here's the deal. Feldman did not was not, he was very irked 
that uh, Sabrina's out there shooting with a smaller basketball. Period. Full stop. That's what he's very yeah, bad about. I, I just, I like I said, I just want apples to apples. If you're going to have a competition, <laughs> yeah. be fair. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They make it a fair competition, and, and, and that really is, Chris, the bottom line of it. I don't find it mm-hmm. overly entertaining. I, I'd rather watch Damian Lillard in a real three-point shooting competition. I don't love the skills competitions, anyways. I think it's gotten very watered down over the years. And I'm, as you know, I'm not a huge NBA fan anymore. I think the Eagles are so overblown in the National Basketball Association. It's hard to watch anymore. They sit in their press conferences after the game with sunglasses on so dark you can't see their eyes. They can't see out, but they don't care anymore. That's how they, it's become a show. They're bigger than Hollywood celebrities in their minds. Uh, well, they're paid like Hollywood celebrities, so I guess that's why. But again, that, that, my, my only problem is the entertainment. I don't want to turn on ESPN and one of the first things I see is a meaningless three-point shooting contest so they can promote their brand. I'm sorry that disturbed me. And, and, it, you know, and, and, that, and that's all I'm saying. It disturbed me as, 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 as like some of the other things we pointed out. Listen, let's move on. I want I wanted I definitely wanted to get into the Super Bowl talk a little bit because um I'll tell you what man one thing that is really positive is I thought Las Vegas did an incredible job with the Super Bowl. I've attended two others. Granted, they were both in the same city. I attended two two down in Atlanta. I saw the the Dallas Buffalo Part Two back in 1994, and then in 2000 I saw the uh, the Super Bowl between the the Tennessee. Titans and the Los Angeles Rams, one of the best ever. This turned out to be an incredible Super Bowl. You almost got, though those people that paid 60 grand for their tickets, at least they got an extra quarter of football. And I thought that was cool. It turned out to be a really good game. The team I think all Detroit fans wanted to win was Kansas City. I also, because on the show here, it was my opportunity to win overall. So I was happy about that. But overall, Chris, your takeaway on Super Bowl week, I know you didn't go to the game. You did participate in some of the events yeah. that went on during the week how do you think vegas did outstanding i thought uh it was a, a lot of great things that uh, we're gonna remember from super bowl weekend here in las vegas for the first time ever look uh from the game standpoint you get the the second what second the only second overtime game in the uh, game's history that takes place uh two very evenly matched teams uh two fan bases that uh, are, are pretty passionate right i understand obviously we're here in Vegas, so Raider fan wasn't too happy, and Raider Nation wasn't happy that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs took home the uh, trophy, and uh, their Bay Area co-inhabitants uh, were in the game as well, too. But uh, from everything from a logistic standpoint, right from the, the city of Las Vegas, let, yeah, was there road closures and was there construction that we had to deal with? Absolutely. But uh, all around from the events all weekend long, I had a chance to go to Gronk's uh, party over at uh, Encore with uh, our friend Danielle McCartan, and uh, that was a good time. But uh, everything that went down, you didn't hear anything as far as negativity, as far as fans or players getting arrested, right, or any of the negative things that can happen during Super Bowl week. None of that went down, uh, and then we got a great game on top of it. So I thought uh, it was a great showing for all things uh, Super Bowl and Las Vegas, and uh, it uh, gives us an idea of what uh, we have to come because there's going to be many more here, guys. In, uh, in this great city uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think over time we will see a lot more. After the game, you know, it's funny because I wasn't aware of the change, which I'm surprised in the overtime rules when it came to the postseason in the NFL this year. And it's funny because after the game, I talked to Chris Jones um, and he or the Kansas City Chiefs, based on his answer, weren't aware of it either. When the defense had to step up, they did, Chris, especially at the end of the game. You know, they're down there. You know they can't score a touchdown to the game's over. What was going on that you guys just were not going to let them get in the end zone? 
Um, I think we talked about it uh, over there with the TV break, and they were going like the 25, and that whatever we do, we can't let them score. If we can keep them to three, this game is more than uh, we were able to do that. What do you have to say about this defense? I mean, this year just seems to get got better and better as the season went on. No, this is a special unit for um, for the guys in the room, for the relationships we was able to establish, and Spags, you know, Spags has been amazing. Um, his wife moved to Kansas City this year, and uh, I think it transformed our whole defense. Steve Spagnola, I think the only coordinator is the two or three rings that he has with different teams. I mean, this guy is, uh, I mean, how he's not a head coach again in the National Football League, and he will be very soon. He just is able to dial up the right defense in the right situations. And um, But it's funny because you could hear Chris Jones. He's like, yeah, we knew we couldn't give up a touchdown. Yeah, you could have. Both teams are getting a possession. But again, it was a new rule thrown at us. And you even heard from the San Francisco side when they took the coin toss, a lot of people said, why would they yeah. take the ball? And I think the same thing. I just don't think they were thinking thinking that, hey, both teams get a possession. If we go down and score, we win the game. And I think that was the that was the overall consensus. I know we got to bring the scooper in here. We're going to bring him in in a second to talk about our picks. Um, great Super Bowl overall. One last thing I want to say with the Super Bowl is I had to get my dig in with Christian McCaffrey because he was the only 49er they brought out after the game. And being a Lions fan, I wanted to know if he felt like I felt on a game that he should have won. I asked an inappropriate question, and I got the answer that I expected. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Christian, has it sunk in yet? I mean, the first Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks, eh? Like I said, that is I, I, great. Could, could you not relate, yeah. Chris, as a Lions fan? Yeah, a game you think you're going to win, you oh. lose. It sucks, right? Yeah. So I'm glad it sucked oh. for you, Christian. Not that I don't love my love. I, I love CMC, but again, it yeah. did suck. Listen, let's bring in the scooper right now, uh, who's who's joining us. Uh, scooper, uh, man, you, you had a good season. You were rolling. All you had to do was win one of the last two weeks, and you didn't. You let me slide in there and get it. I had to bring you on. I got Mags and Spencer. Hey, we made a bet. The winner, the losers all buy the winner lunch. I'm holding you all to this. I, I don't bet on sports. I'm not C-Win, who every week has different <laughs> bets going on. I won the bet, and I want to be taken to lunch. I'm going to demand that from all three of you guys, because I, I, you know me. I would have for sure paid for lunch had I not won. So we're going to lunch, and I'm going to report it. And we're even going to put a little video clip of it on here so the four of us will get together. And Scooper, we're going to keep you around for next year. We're going to do this again. You did a good job. You broke things down well. But, uh, you know, overall, I just want my props, man. A non-better won the whole thing. And Magnum even slid up at the end. He took KC. He didn't have to take KC. I had no choice. Magnum took him on his own, and he ended up tied with you. Yeah, good morning, fellas. Congratulations. I, I, I can't wait to take you to lunch. I got to tell you, afterwards, though, we're doing a cold plunge. I, I could, you know what? I, I need about ten cold plunges. I do. I don't think you're going to get Magnum in the cold plunge. He's not going in, and Spencer probably won't either. But you know, I will just put on Eye of the Tiger and drop me in the cold plunge. I'm in there, Scooper. We appreciate you joining us all year with the pick segment. Thanks a lot, my friend, and we'll look forward to having you back again next year. Thank you. See you guys. Have a good one. Absolutely. All right, that was a scooper, and uh, the the picket segment. We'll we'll do that again next year. It was a, it was a lot of fun this year. See, uh, before I let you go, the last thing I'm going to yeah. say, and Spencer, uh, you can chime in on this. We haven't heard from Spencer yet, so I'll let you chime in first on this. You know, Jimmy G suspended next year two games for performance enhancing drugs, right? Um, 
I want to know, why should you get suspended when the drugs don't enhance your performance? I think you should be left alone. I didn't see any enhancement in his performance. I don't think the drugs did anything for him performing at a better level. Leave the guy alone, man. He's a good-looking dude. Let him go somewhere else. He'll be a backup somewhere, but don't suspend the guy. There's nothing that's improving his game. Spence? Yeah, this is tough, and... Yeah, he's just it just didn't work out. It was really disappointing. I was actually kind of excited because the Raiders have had a very long history of bringing in veteran quarterbacks on the last legs of their career and having a lot of success. So I saw a lot of that when he came to the team and there was a, I had a lot of optimism, not not necessarily expectations, but a lot of optimism. And it just didn't work out in any possible way. And I feel like this is probably the perfect way to end it. From start to beginning, like, just seeing how things transpired, it was just really bad and it ends bad and I think that's appropriate somehow. See when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo final thought. Yeah, quickly on that. Uh, so when I watched that uh, go down, I think it was on Wednesday was when it when actually broke the news. So I flipped over onto some channels. Look, there's still going to be a market for Jimmy Garoppolo out there because of the quarterback market and because of uh, a lot of teams that need a guy that's a veteran, right? That can step in and actually play. So I, I'll be uh, curious to say the least to see exactly uh, what team he does go to. Uh, Jimmy G, he's always going to be a threat when it comes to your girlfriend or your wife. I don't know how much so on the football <laughs> field. Last thing, the Daytona 500, as you know, if you don't know, terrible weather down there. They suspended it. It'll be 1 o'clock tomorrow, Pacific time, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Listen, want to thank C. Wynn, thank the scooper, always Magnum, and, of course, the Wiz. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Out of Line every Sunday, 8 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio. We will be back next week. Jeff Motley's going to be joining the show, and my new buddy, Vince Papali. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Stay up to date with the latest from the NHL and the Vegas Golden Knights here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM KKGK Las Vegas.